morning. God bless you again. I'm Pastor Ken. I'm one of the pastors here on staff today. And today we're going to go to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, if you would join me there. If you've been tracking with us, you know that we have been working through chronologically the book of Ephesians. And I know that you enjoyed Pastor Eric's sermons the last couple of weeks. And he has kind of uh, the um, preaching collective. Uh, Pastor Eric really uh, was filling this book and uh, uh, he kind of has characterized this as worlds colliding, worlds colliding. And then we're gonna pick up that same theme. And, and Paul addresses that, uh, that there's a collision of ideas, there's a collision of ideologies. Uh, when worlds collide, that, 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 that something happens. And in, in the spirit of Andre Dumas, uh, today's, <laughs> uh, today's sermon is gonna be kind of like, how does the church get a first down, right? How does the church get a first down? Uh, and you, you, you don't have to like football, uh, like the Dooms boys, uh, but um, uh, so first downs are important. How many know that if you, if you like football, if you pay attention to it at all, first downs are important. How many, who, who, who knows uh, what you have to do to get a first down? What do you have to do to get a first down? You gotta get 10 yards, right? And, and what if you're close and they're not sure, then what do they do? They do a measurement, right? And when they do this measurement, what do, what do they do? They bring the chains out from the, out, out the sideline uh, and, and, and they stretch them out and, and they measure. And if you have a first down, you get to move forward. You get to continue. You get to keep the ball uh, uh, and, and try to get a touchdown. So, so Paul says there's, there's also a measurement for the church. And, and the measurement for the church is maturity. So, so, so Paul would say, uh, bring the chains out and let's see, watch this, if this church is mature, right? And, and, and if the church is mature, then this is a church. There are some measurements and there are some things that would be the pri- byproduct of a mature church. So Mal, if you would go ahead and put Pastor Eric's kind of uh, those three things that collide. And, and the third thing that we're going to talk about is how the church, how do we know that the church is mature. And Paul in chapter 4 gives us kind of, kind of this, this breakdown of what a mature church would look like. And the first thing is a mature church would understand that there's a collision, watch this, between heaven and earth, right? And, and so, 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 so this reconciling uh, of heaven and earth uh, would take place and that hopefully, whenever there's a collision, and the Dumas boys could, because I played a little football too, uh, could, could tell you this, uh, there are some rules in collisions. And in football, it is that the low man wins. <laughs> low man wins, and whoever brings the most aggression or, or speed or whatever usually uh, fares better when there is a collision. And so when we look at heaven and earth and this collision between heaven and earth, and we'll talk about this in just a few minutes, hopefully heaven is more impactful on earth, all right? And so, so, then, so then hopefully after the collision of heaven and earth, earth then begins to look more like heaven. And then hopefully uh, uh, in, order to, uh, uh, in order to accomplish heaven's objective, you and I come into play. And so a mature church would also understand that not only does heaven have an objective for earth, 
But a mature church would also understand that you and I have to carry that out. And so then we, we deal with the second collision, which is our humanity, our flesh, and our spirit. Because God is counting on all of us, all right, to, to carry out heaven's objective. And we'll talk about what heaven's objective is here in just a second. So, but there's no way you and I can carry out heaven's objective in our humanity and in our flesh. So the second collision, a mature church would understand that there has to be more people in the church operating in the spirit than in their humanity. Do I get an amen right there? That there has to be more of us who understand that in order for us to accomplish heaven's objective, we must be born again. We must have God's spirit. We must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We cannot bring our human uh, fleshly objective and hope to accomplish what heaven wants us to accomplish. And then thirdly, Paul says, here's how you will know. Here's the maturity. Here's the, here's the measurement for a first down. That it will show in the way people are able to come together. That the ability of us right, to have different experiences, different cultures, different natures. And if you go to Common Ground Northeast, like, we're, we're, this is exactly our sweet spot. This is what we're trying to accomplish. And Paul says a mature church would understand that we don't have to see it the same way, that, but that this spirit of God operating in us would allow us to get a first down, would allow us to advance, would allow us to advance as a people and move forward. So the Paul goes in chapter 4 of Ephesians, join me right there, and Paul writes this. As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you, mature church, mature churches walk, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. They understand that God has called us. Uh, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in church love. This is mature church stuff. Let's see if we get a first down at the end of the service. Amen? Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. The Bible declares that there is only one Spirit, one body, and one Spirit. Just if you are called, there is only one hope. We'll deal with that. When you were called, there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Then he says, look, look, look what that God gave us. Look what we all receive. But to each one of us, everybody's important. What's given grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it is said, when he ascended on high, he took captives and gave gifts to his people. That's you and I. We'll come back and deal with that. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fulfill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for, underline this, works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up, get that first down, show maturity. Until we all reach the unity in the faith and the, the knowledge of the Son of God and become, here's our word for the day, mature. 
attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth and blown here and there by every wind. Anything upsets us of teaching by the cunning craftiness of people and deceitful scheming. Instead, here's what a mature church does. Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is head, and that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Let's, let's do that one again. From God, from him, the whole body, all of us, joined, connected, and held together by every supporting ligament, we should grow. Our love should grow. We should advance. We should get first downs. We should score touchdowns and build itself up in love as each part, as each part does its work. So Pastor Eric tied this as worlds colliding. What is the definition of a collision? And that is to hit with force when moving. And the very nature of collision suggests two things. Conflict and clash. That when heaven collides with earth, there's natural conflict. Heaven's agenda and earth's agenda. God's agenda and the world's agenda. They are by nature conflicting. When the flesh collides with the spirit. And Paul, Paul said that. I, I, I don't know why the things I want to do, the spirit won't let me do. And, and, and so, so there, there's this thing, there's this, this war happening on the inside of me. That, that my flesh wants to go one way, but the spirit constrains me. The spirit speaks expressly concerning these things. And when the spirit and the flesh are head on a collision course, there's going to be church conflict. And some of us live with that conflict every day. Some of us, that's the thing that we're praying about. I, I, I want to think differently. I want to see differently. I want to overcome this because we live in a perpetual sense of conflict. More of God and less of us. We're trying to take off this old man, take off the old thoughts, take off the old nature. Except somebody help me with this. It don't always want to let us go. And somebody help me. Every time I wake up, feels like I'm in conflict. Feels like I'm in conflict. Paul talked about that. And then, and then, and then Paul says, uh, in America, in cultures, in common ground, we, we do it differently. We see it differently. When I walked in this church, the thing I told Pastor Eric, like, bro, bro, like, this is real nice. This is cool. Like, ain't nothing wrong with this. I just do everything differently. It's great. This conflict, this clash. We don't do it the same. We don't see it the same. 
And Paul says, that's not the problem. None of that is the problem, particularly for maturing people. If I said, watch this little little culture for you. If I said, it ain't no heel for a stepper, would you know what I'm talking about? Anybody, anybody heard that one? No? Yes? Raise your hand. Yeah. It ain't no heel for a stepper? No? No? That's cool. That's cool. It basically means that it ain't too big for me because I get my step on and I'm a climber. So no heels too big for a climber. That's a little cultural reference. It's all good, right? All good. Right? Ain't no heel for a stepper, right? It's not too big for me. And so, and so the church, though, can't be afraid of the conflict that's in the world, right? Like when we wake up, we are the people of God. We are the children of God. And in fact, not only can we not be afraid of these conflicts of the clash, uh, a mature church invites it. We invite the opportunity. We're excited about the opportunity to show who God has made us and to be part of the reconciling force of God. We are called to be the army that reconciles and that brings God's agenda. So let's, let's go. The first, the first collision is heaven and earth. And heaven does have an agenda. There is a natural conflict between heaven and earth, but these things are being reconciled. And here's what Matthew 6, 9 through 14 says. This then is how you should pray, believer, maturing church. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be their name. That's cool. But God let, and and Colin, you guys were all on this today. Thank God for the praise team, because your first song was this. Uh, uh, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So maturing church understands that this is heaven's agenda. That earth, it does it today. That earth, the church understands that earth would look like heaven. That we would embrace heaven's agenda for us. All right? And the understanding that no matter how bad it looks, watch this church, no matter how bad it gets, no matter what we see on the news, y'all, we, 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 we look at it, it's, it's disheartening, but it's not, we're not discouraged, we're not overwhelmed, because we know that God has the final say. God has the final say. And, but we gotta keep working, because here's what's true, earth, has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. The power for it to be reconciled, the power for it to be realigned, the power for it to be reimagined, God has that power. You and I have to work. Here's what Isaiah 35 says. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and the sorrow and sighing will flee away. How many know we win? We win this war. We win this battle. We win this fight. We have to stay in it. 
So the, the collision, the clash, the natural conflict between heaven and earth, the maturing church understands that heaven has an agenda for the earth. And even though it may look like darkness is winning, we're called to stand in this place and declare light and darkness. We're called to declare it. And so because heaven has an agenda for earth, heaven has given us the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So now you and I in our flesh, we would never, we would never be able to execute heaven's agenda because, uh, like David said, behold, I was shaping, born into sin and shaping in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Y'all, we were by nature in alignment more with earth than heaven. But God sent his spirit, and now you and I can be born again. And now we can walk in our new man, and now we have the ability to be more aligned with heaven's agenda. So look at what Romans says. Therefore, there is therefore now, watch this, watch this, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We no longer wear or bear the, the burden of our sin nature. We no longer have to be subject to it. We no longer have to be grieved that, that we came in in this state and then sin that our mothers conceive us. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. That's a praise place right there. Come on, let's praise God right there. For what the law was powerless to do, this is important, y'all, because we can't do heaven's work and we can't get these first downs unless, and Pastor Eric has emphasized this as well, y'all, this is the Spirit's work. This is the Spirit's work. We must be born again. We must be transformed. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weak by the flesh, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness, righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. We do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. It is that conflict. And it is right there. It is right there. It is right there that you need Andre Dumas. You need the Dumas boys to block for you. You need to get this first down. You got to win right here. Church, this is where we have to win. We can't blend the church without the Spirit. We can't overcome our differences without the Spirit. We can't win. We can't take the world back unless the Spirit of God is operating in us. We don't even really want to in our sin nature. Do, can, do I have anybody like me that will confess that I didn't hate all my sin? I, I, I got to tell the truth. Can I just keep it a hundred up in here? Some of the stuff I liked, some of the stuff I enjoyed. I was really trying to negotiate with God. Can I, can I keep a little of this? Anybody like me been in the negotiation? Because what's true is that some of the stuff my flesh enjoyed, and I wanted to stay there, 
But verse 5 simply said this. So all or nothing propositions, those who live according to the flesh, Kenneth, have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile against God. So you tell me, can you stay in the middle place? It does not submit to God, nor can it do so. Those who are in this realm of the flesh cannot please God. So, Kenneth, do you want to stay in the middle? Do you want to stay in the middle? There is no pleasing God in the middle. And therefore, y'all, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so, so, so that's the second dichotomy, which is flesh and spirit. And then the third one is, here's how we know that we're mature. So, so, so heaven has an agenda for earth. And because it does, it gave us the spirit of God so that we could be partakers and players, right? And here's where we know. Uh, so so, so um, uh, last Friday, uh, my sister and I were in South Bend at a... Uh, um, church conference was went down and drove with her and so uh i was i'm gonna i want to go see touchdown jesus right so uh if you don't know that that's the picture on the library in notre dame and so i I asked this officer i was like hey can we get in the stadium he's like absolutely not (laughs) and i was like okay that's cool because i like a little football and and so his authority said you never could get in. So my sister and I walked around to the other side of the stadium, and those people evidently uh, didn't hear, you know, policemen calls. They were giving tours of the stadium for twenty dollars. <laughs> so I'm like, oh shoot, yeah, let's let's do this. Uh, best twenty dollars I ever spent, and I got to go down and hit that play like a champion today and all like that. And so and so and so so we were granted access. And we had this ability because they were doing a different program than the person who was in charge thought they were doing. And y'all, that's, that's what God is trying to tell us, that, that, that the world may say no, but God can open up doors and make ways and bring you into places. And so, and so as we look here, and I'm about to finish, the measurement of heaven's agenda and the measurement of the spirit's agenda is only successful if you and I can get along. So if you and I can't blend a church, what does that say about heaven's agenda? What does that say about the spirit's agenda? You mean we can't blend common ground northeast? We can't come together? And blend common ground on these. And so I'm going to end right here. Mal, you got that song. And so Paul says right here, here's another black culture reference I'm going to give you. Uh, and I think this is in all cultures, but this is really big in black culture. It's called the family reunion. So here, here's our family reunion song. Mallory, you got that?
This the OJs, by the way, y'all. Long intro, but stay with me. It's going to be bad. It's the OJs, y'all. That's cool, Mal. Thanks a lot. They'll get the point. So here's the, here's the deal. What Paul is talking about here, yes, yeah, give God praise for that, uh, is this coming together of family. The sense that we do see ourselves as family who've been satanically divided. And Paul is talking about the mature church understands at the end of the day, that there's one body, there's only one spirit, that we're all called and there's one hope. What is our hope? It is heaven's hope. What's heaven's hope? What's heaven's agenda? Y'all, that's what we're trying to accomplish. That it might be on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're all working for. And if we push into that, heaven knows how to bless us. Somehow we've been convinced to seek our own, to go after our own. But those of us in whom God has invested his spirit, the small print of the spirit says that it's no longer your agenda, but it's heaven's agenda. And there's one hope when you're called. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in us all. Y'all, this is the unifier. This is the unifier. Yes, we have different experiences. Yes, we have different cultures. But this is the first down.
And what Satan wants most is that whenever he presents the obstacle of culture, the obstacle of race, the obstacle of different experience, the obstacle of the other side of the tracks, you and I always have to punt. All I have to do to defend them is present their differences and I can make them punt. They'll never get a first down, even if the Dumas boys are blocking for them. Here the Bible says, and Paul says, that God ascended up on high and he took captive what took us all, held us all captive. He released us. We don't have to follow that agenda anymore. We don't have to be subservient to that spirit anymore. He came down, he fulfilled and he beat our biggest enemy. I'll end it like this. To equip us to do works of service so that the whole body of Christ might be built up. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves that are blown here and there. Did y'all see that little picture of Andre? That Andre wasn't ready to play football at Marion. But he grew up and he got built up. Now I wouldn't want to be on the other team. Until we all come into the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, I believe that God has called us to give first downs as a church and as a people. There's no reason we should have to punt this objective away. There's no reason we can't get this done. There's absolutely no reason. If we can't get it done, it probably means that not enough of us received enough of God's spirit that somewhere along the line, what we know is that we are more flesh than spirit. Somewhere along the line, if we can't get this done, what we know is that we're more influenced by earth than heaven. And somewhere along the line, if we can't get this done, we know that we are less mature than more mature. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We praise you. We thank you that heaven does have an agenda. We thank you that the spirit does have an agenda. And because heaven has an agenda, you gave us your spirit. And we pray that earth looks more like heaven and that earth gives way to heaven. And God, we pray that in our individual battles, that flesh gives way to spirit. That the spirit is more powerful in our lives than the flesh and the conflict that we experience. And we pray 
as in the day when Jews and Gentiles were fighting and different cultures, different senses of entitlement, different birthrights, different perspectives. You, you had the right or right. And just simply say, but there's only one Lord. There's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one God and hope. There's one hope. And this new thing that's being ushered in simply says that heaven might be more influential than earth. There's only one spirit, and that if we all have your spirit. God, I thank you that you've given us a very unique opportunity here at Common Ground Northeast. We're close. We, we see the objective. We see heaven and earth coming together. We see flesh and spirit being reconciled. God, but the evidence of the fullness of that, the maturity of that, so we do not have to punt, is that our brothers and sisters who are different than us feel welcome to be among us. This we believe you for, we decree and declare that we will get a first down, we will not punt. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, everybody, give God praise for his words. Today.